0: That you can tell them, God bless you. Let them know it's good to see them this morning, and then you may be seated. Praise God! Praise God! Were you all blessed by my lovely wife on last week? Praise God! I thank God for her. It is always a blessing uh, for her to minister. Uh, it really is called to do that, and you know, I watch her preparation, and so I know what she puts into it to come out and deliver a word that will be a blessing to all those that hear it. So I just thank God for her. I didn't get a chance to see you all last week, but how many of y'all were blessed the week prior to that by Reverend uh, Jim Hockaday? And if you stayed for the second service, Reverend Jesse Duplantis. Both great services, and I want to remind you all I'll talk more about it at the end of service. We've got Bill Winston coming next month in May. May 13th, Friday night at the Atlanta campus only. Don't miss that. Be a great blessing to you and your families. Today, I want to take some time to talk to our church. And so, if you're a first-time visitor here today, today is a big day for Linked Up Church. And I'll explain why in a moment. You know, each time we step into another phase of what God calls us to do, it just excites me. And so, I woke up this morning excited. I woke up fresh. I just woke up really you know, it's beautiful when you see something that God instructed you to do. How many you know it's beautiful when you see it coming to pass? And it really gives life to you. It gives energy. And this is something else that I'm learning. It actually makes you younger. Can anyone relate to that? When you accomplish something, it gives you life and it, and it makes you younger. And so today, we're going to introduce something that uh, it has been almost about a year in the making. And we finally uh, published it. And I kind of want to give some spiritual context behind it so you all understand where we're going, what God has called this church to do. I've learned now after 22 years of ministry, how many know it's better to follow vision than it is to follow people? And I've learned that people will stay with the vision longer than they'll stay with the people. And it's just life has taught me that. It doesn't mean that they don't love their pastors, but the reality is you need to love the vision that God's given your pastors because when the pastors do something you don't agree with, I mean, you know the vision will still keep you connected, right? And that's so important. So I want to throw some thoughts out here today. I won't be up before you long because we actually want to get something in your hands today if you're interested in this. Now, let me throw some thoughts out. We're going to look at today connected in the marketplace. Just one Sunday for this, connected in the marketplace. And what does that look like here at linked up church let me throw some thoughts out i touched this about a year ago but i want to really take a deeper dive today the marketplace has always been important to god listen to this did you know that of the 132 appearances of jesus in the bible 122 were in the marketplace so there were only 10 times when jesus showed up that it was not in the marketplace listen to this Of the 52 parables in the Bible, 45 have workplace context. Isn't that interesting? So only seven things that Jesus talked about in terms of parables didn't have workplace content or context. Listen to this. We spend 40 to 60 hours per week in the marketplace, 90 minutes in church. Where do you think we can be more effective? in the marketplace, right? So, think about that. 40 to 60 hours every week in the marketplace, 90 minutes in church. So, wouldn't that give us some insight as to why Jesus spent most of his time out there and not in here, right? Because the lost people are out there. They're not in here, right? And they need to be reached. Now, Jesus knew people would be more open to his message if he reached them in settings that they were comfortable in. Would you all agree it's more non-threatening when you're outside of church than it is in church? Would you all agree with that? There's no question about it. People are more comfortable. uh, And so Jesus chose the marketplace. For me as a pastor and what I believe God's called me to do, I sense an urgent need to bridge the gap between the church and the workplace. And so what you kind of see is a a disjointed body. We come to church on Sunday, we get the Word of God, we get all fired up, then we get disconnected and we live like the workplace Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Then we need to come back and reconnect on Sunday, right? In order in a lot of cases for the workplace to beat us right back down Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, right? And so somehow we've got to figure out how to connect the workplace and the church so that the two agree and we can impact the workplace the same way that we impact people within the four walls of the church. Now, as a reminder, some of these items will go up on the, on the screen. Our calling here at Linked Up Church is fourfold. We are called to connect people to God, and we do that through weekend services. Obviously, we minister the Word of God. People respond to the Word of God. They come down, answer the altar call. We're also called to connect people to each other. After they respond to the altar call, we want to get them in our connect classes. After they go through our connect classes, we want to make them a part of our dream team or our small groups, and that's connecting them to other people within our congregation third phase of that is connecting people to their families. We'll do that through small groups as well, also through marriage ministry and all kind of different ways, parenting workshops, all kind of different ways to keep the family strong, right? But then this last piece is to connect people to the workplace and community. And I want to talk a little bit today about what that looks like at Linked Up Church. Point number one today, every Christian has a purpose. Do you all believe that? You are here on purpose. Even if it was a mistake on your parents' part, I mean, if you are here, you are here now on purpose, and God has something great for you to do, regardless of your background or your circumstances. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 2. I want to read verse 10 out of the Amplified. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Every Christian has a purpose. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, listen to what this says. The amplifier says, for we are God's own handiwork. We are his workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus. Born anew, here it is, that we may do those good works which God predestined, which means planned beforehand for us. So there are some good works that before we showed up, God already planned them out for us. Do you all believe that? And and it's good too, folks. I'm telling you, it is some good works that God pre planned, He planned beforehand for us, taking paths which He prepared ahead of time. So not only is there a good work for you to do, but how you many know there's a clear path that God has already laid out for you to do it on. Do you all believe that? Okay, think about it before I read the rest of this text. As a parent, how I many you know there are some good works that we have prepared for our children to do? How I many you know we've laid out a clear path that as long as they stay on that path, they're going to walk into these good works? That's all good parents. Why would God be any different? All right, so he pre-planned this, but then he also prepared a path for you to walk in so that you can walk right into your destiny, okay? Look at what, it, what else it goes on to say here. Taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, and this is what I love, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. God has a good life for you to live. And how I many of we're not living it, it's not God's fault. Would you all agree with that? All right, so now let's think about this. Everyone needs to figure out what their purpose is. Everyone needs to know why am I here? What did God place me on the earth for? Would you all agree? And if we discover that, don't you think we'll start heading down a path towards what God has for us and what He's prearranged for us and the good life that He's really prepared for us to live? There's no question about it. A lot of that is connected to our purpose. And so I want to read... Acts chapter 2. Go with me to Acts chapter 2. And I'm going to read out of the Amplified and then the Message Bible. Try to give us some insight into how to discover our purpose. I always like to tell people, I didn't really discover my purpose. My dis- purpose discovered me. How many of you know there's a difference? I'm going to show you what I'm talking about today. I didn't really choose any of this. It chose me. Matter of fact, if anyone knows me closely, they'll tell you I don't want to do it. If you really know me, they'll tell you I don't want to do it. And have not wanted to do it for 27 years. So how many know, I didn't find it, it found me. And I agreed to do what God instructed me to do. Show you what my part was. My part was what I'm getting ready to share with you all. Go to Acts chapter 2. Before we read it from Ephesians 2, I just want you to think about these thoughts. So, so your purpose is to do good works. How many of y'all agree with that? That's your purpose. Part of your purpose, according to Ephesians 2.10, is to do good works, right? Also, to understand that God prepared those works already. So there's something in this earth that has already been prepared for you to do. And when you begin to walk down that path, I mean, everything that you need is going to be on that road towards your purpose. Do you all believe that? All right. So therefore, to find our purpose, we have to spend more time with God. But watch this. Deepen our relationships with people. Did you all hear what I just said? Because it's going to be connected to God and people. I'll explain that. How uh, many you know we couldn't have West End without Pastor Calvin Preston, the pastor of West End Seventh-day Adventist Church? So you know what I did on last week? I called him up because I'm strengthening our relationship, and I said, hey, let's get together. It's been a minute. And let me take you to whatever restaurant you want to go to and be a blessing to you. All right? And so who's going to turn that down? Right. And so, of course, he picked the restaurant that he wanted to go to. I thought he was going to go a whole lot higher than that. When I saw the restaurant he picked, I was like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> this one won't hit us too hard right here. And uh, he invited, I asked him to invite his staff, his new senior assistant pastor and his administrative assistant. And so it was a blessing to all of them. How many of you know that's strengthening our relationship with, that, with those people? You know what he ended up telling me afterwards? Not that I want this and even desire this, but he said, you have a church home as long as you need one. Now, how many of you know that's a blessing? We actually ended the conversation like this. It's supernatural when you can literally have a roommate, but you don't know that you all live together. That's what the two pastors said. So they don't really know we're there. And we don't really know they're there, and we're both coming and going, and it's a blessing to both sides. He ended the conversation by saying to me, "As long—I didn't ask for this—that was what he said. You all have a home as long as you need one. How I many you know that's a blessing? What I'm trying to show you here—all of that was already prearranged. The moment everything else took place, God already set up a clear path." All I had to do was continue to strengthen my relationship with him and people. And I mean, everything that we needed was going to be on that path. And clearly today we're here. Same thing with this particular facility right here. We treated Mark well. So even though the people that Mark presented us to didn't want us here, I always like to say when God has a purpose for you, either they're going to get moved out of the way, die, or get on board. Come on, it's okay to say amen out there. I mean, I'm not being mean here. I'm just saying either they're going to get on board, get out of the way. Well, in this particular place, the, the leader moved on. And then Mark called us right back and said, hey, the new principal that came in is a solid believer, and would love to have you all in the facility. That's why we're here at the Marietta performing our center. Now, we're not just going to be here. I mean, we're going to do things to improve this school, improve the quality of this school, the uniforms in this school. I can go on and on and on. We're going to they're going to know that we're here and we're not here just to take, but we're here to be a blessing. All right. Go to Acts chapter two. Let me save some time. I'll read out of the message Bible. OK. Talking about here. Every Christian has a purpose. How do we discover that? What what does that look like? Look what the message Bible says. That day about 3,000 took him at his word and were baptized. So in other words, they gave their lives to Christ and they were water baptized. Then the message Bible says, and they were signed up. You know, there's a doctrine out here today that you no longer have to belong to a church. And church membership is unscriptural. Well, I'm reading here that they signed up. I want you to think about life in general. Try to get a credit card without signing some paperwork. Try to buy a home. Try to belong to anything and not put your signature on it. And then naturally it doesn't make sense, does it? Right? So watch this. So they signed up. They committed themselves. Now watch what they committed themselves to. I believe if every person does this, you're going to find and discover your purpose. They committed themselves they committed themselves to the Word. You all see that? Reading the Message Bible. They committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles. Then the life together. I'm going to talk about what that looks like. The Amplified defines the life together this way. We're talking about here discovering your purpose. All who believed, who adhered to and trusted in and relied on Jesus Christ, as the Amplified, were united and together they had everything in common. And they sold their possessions, both their land, property, and their movable goods, and distributed the price among all, according as every man had need. So what I want you to see here, they committed themselves to the word, but they also committed themselves to doing life together. I mean, when you get a group that's committed to doing life together, there's probably not going to be many needs that'll go unmet. Marketplace has a lot to do with this, and I'll talk more. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Let me just talk about the lowest common denominator. You know, one day we'll we'll have a warehouse. I don't know how many square feet, but we'll have a warehouse big enough to house clothes, furniture, maybe even cars, uh, refrigerators, stoves, washing machines, dryers. Hello, somebody. And the purpose of that. Is for the believers to be able to put something somewhere that will distribute to others that are in need. Because there are times over the course of an individual's life, I mean, they didn't do anything. Life just hit them. They don't need to be judged at that moment. They need to be supported. That's not the time for us to, or are you praying? Uh, what is your prayer life like? Is there any sin in your life? I mean, you know, that's not how God treats us. No, that's the time for us to rally behind and say, what do you need? What are you missing? What can we do for you right now? What can we do to hold you over? So we're talking about a place that they can go to and get needs met. Okay, that's one aspect of it. I'm going to talk about another aspect in a moment. Back to the Message Bible. It says, everyone around was in awe. Well, the common meal, which could be the Eucharist or the, really, uh, the communion or also just uh, eating together. How, you know, I'll explain that in a moment. Eating together. Message Bible. And uh, eating together there the common meal it talks about here and then in prayers. Everyone around was in awe. All those wonders and signs done through the apostles and the believers lived in a wonderful harmony holding everything in common. They sold whatever they owned. This is what I love. Pulled their resources so that each person's need was met. How many know there's a lot of resources when you've got 4,000 individuals between both locations? How many know there's a lot of resources? A lot of them. And I'm talking about there are people here that can make stuff happen. There's some movers and shakers in this congregation. Some of them sitting right here in this building. I'm talking about, we, there are people linked Up Church that can make it happen. Any of them sitting in this building? You better own that. If you're not, you better be on that path towards being a mover and a shaker. Watch this. They pulled all their resources together so that each person's needs was met. So notice where I'm going with this, folks. God calls a body together every resource that that body will ever need is already in it. We don't have to go outside of ourselves to get our needs met. Watch this. And the more we meet each other's needs, the more our needs will be met. So when we become interested in bringing someone else up, watch God make someone interested in bringing us up. Are you all still with me out here? All right, stay with me now. They followed a daily discipline. See, it wasn't a disconnect. See, how many know it wasn't just I'm saved on Sunday? We're talking about a lifestyle here. Daily discipline of worship in the temple, followed by meals at home, every meal of celebration, exuberant and joyful, and they praised God. People in general liked what they saw. Every day their number grew. As God added to those who were saved. Now, I want to throw a question out here. How can God add to the number of people that are being saved if you only have church on Sunday? Only way he's adding every day to the number that is being saved is because people are leaving church, entering the marketplace and still living for Jesus. And as a result, people are seeing that light, seeing the community of believers coming together. I mean, everyone wants to be a part of something that supports itself. People said, I want to be a part of that. And they gave their lives to Christ and made that decision. Now, four things when you talk about finding your purpose, okay? Write these down. Four things. Commit yourself to spend more time in the Word. Not just on Sundays. But develop a daily devotion time. I'm talking about a time where you meet God every single day. Number two, spend more time in fellowship. Now, when we think about fellowship, I'm not talking about me calling you and saying, let's go see a game together. I mean, that's a part of fellowship, but it's really much deeper than this. This is a Greek word, koinia, here, and it's spelled K-O-I-N-O-N-I-A. Listen to this. It's often rendered as communion or community. How many of you know linked up church should be a community? Not just a church, but a community of believers. Okay? Not a place where we gather on Sunday, but a place where we gather on Sunday and then spread out and impact all of our environments. Come back on Sunday to celebrate. Okay, watch this. It also means or or denotes having things in common or participation, society, or friendship. It may apply anything which may be possessed in common or in which one may partake. So when we're talking about, when he's saying be more committed to the Word, be more committed to fellowship, what he's talking about here is building a society of friendships where we have everything in common, right? You'll understand this. How I many you know if I'm married to my wife, it'd be difficult for me to be married to her and we share nothing in common? I mean, we're going to have a struggle living a good life together and we don't do anything together, right? Think about it. If we only saw each other on Sunday, how effective would our marriage be? But if we're connecting all week long, Do you think the community of this marriage is going to be much stronger? All right, watch this now. He said also here, so he said, spend more time in the Word, number one. Number two, spend more time in fellowship. Number three, spend more time breaking bread. This could mean the Lord's Supper. It could also mean a common meal. But what he's talking about here is intimacy of friendships. How many of you know it's one thing to just say, hey, how are you? It's another thing for me to say, hey, how are you? Is there something I can help you with? I've learned now that that really, that word friendship is a deep word. And I don't have time to really get into it today. But I've learned I haven't had many friends over the course of my life. Because to be a friend, there has to be intimacy. To be a friend, I mean, you've got to be able to go through conflict and get closer. Whereas in most cases, anytime conflicts, conflict enters the relationship, what happens to the friendship? It's not just dissolved, it's over. Right? The Lord is showing me I've got to grow in some areas where this is concerned too and do my part. I mean, you know, I can't control what other people do, but I also can't act the way other people do as well. So I have to always maintain my part in whatever I believe the friendship is. There are some adjustments that I'm getting ready to make, especially with people that I've been, you know, knowing for over 30, 35 years. I mean, you just can't let stuff like that go. Listen to me. They may want to, but you can't let it go without doing your part. So what he's talking about here is deepen your friendships. Spend real quality time with people because usually God's going to use people to help you get where you're trying to go. So imagine if I wanted, let me kind of show you what this looks like, breaking bread. So imagine if I wanted uh, the West End building, but I didn't want nothing to do with Pastor Preston. How long do you think we're going to be in this building? Especially if my attitude is, I don't want to be around him, but I want to use your building. Okay? Think about this. Uh, you know, whether you agree or disagree with what I do, what I do pays the salary of at least 22 people around here. Now, how long do you think I'll continue to do that if your attitude is you want nothing to do with me? But you want the paycheck from what I do every single week. Oh, Jesus. Right? You, do you all think I want to make Mark feel like all we wanted from you was this building? No, no. I want a relationship with you, Mark. I want a deeper relationship to continually demonstrate to you how much we appreciate. Never know when I might see Mark again down the road. Okay? You know what I committed to Pastor Preston over lunch last week? I said that when we do move on to our first permanent location, this relationship will continue for the rest of my life. I mean, now we don't want to get out of this building and don't want nothing to do with him no more. I mean, that's just somebody using somebody. See, if we're going to build something that lasts, folks, we got to get off of the surface. And it has to get a little deeper than what it is. Can't just be, I'll come on Sunday, but I don't want nothing to do with you throughout the course of the week. How many of you know God doesn't operate that way? So now you understand what he's saying. See, you're going to walk into your purpose when you make a decision to spend more time in that word, make a decision to really fellowship with other believers, to break bread with other believers, and then spend more time in prayer. I mean, you're going to walk into it. So I like to tell people, I didn't find my purpose. My purpose found me. When I made the decision to be committed to the Word of God, committed to the body of Christ, come on, build intimate relationships and and have a solid prayer life, I mean, the purpose part of that, he says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. God just began to guide me everywhere I needed to go so that I could end up here. Is that real simple for you all? It's not that deep. Now, we're doing some things in the natural to help you with that. Job link is one of them. I mean, job link is design. I want to publicly thank Marvis Kelly and Darnell Clark for doing a wonderful bang-up job. Teresita Glasgow, thank you all for your contribution. That's a practical thing that we put in place to help people find their purpose. But how I many if you're not doing these other things, this is what you really need to do is the spiritual part. Then you'll put your natural with your spiritual and got to do something supernatural with that. Everybody clear? We put financial peace in place, right? We just graduated how many people from financial peace? 68 people from financial peace, praise God. I think they cut up Fifty-something thousand dollars worth of debt during that class, somewhere in there. I want to be more accurate on those numbers, so I'll come back. But they cut up like 25 credit cards. I'll come back, be more accurate. 27 credit cards and and thousands of dollars of debt that they wiped out. And I think one person actually uh, became debt-free. Uh, through the class. This is my personal recommendation. I think every head of household and every person that is not debt-free should take that class. Just my recommendation. But these are things that we're doing in the natural to help people discover their purpose, okay? Now we're taking it a step further, which I'll talk about at the end of this message. Number two, point number two today, leaders equip, but the saints do the work of the ministry. So the leader's job is to equip But the saints do the work of the ministry. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Let's read verses 11 and 12. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 says, And he himself gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. So according to what we just read, I read out of the New King James Version, every Christian should be doing some type of ministry. Okay, what does that look like at Linked Up Church? That could be small groups, that could be dream teams, that could be marketplace ministry, that could be outreach. All of the different ways. But I you know every Christian should be doing some type of ministry. Oh, I gotta stay on this point a little longer. Every Christian should be doing some type of ministry. Every Christian must find a way to directly connect, listen to this now, to the Great Commission. Go with me to Matthew chapter 28. So every Christian should be doing ministry. Every Christian has, a way, has to find a way to directly connect to the Great Commission. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority is given to me in heaven and in earth, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations or ethnos or races of people, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So everyone should go with the delegated authority that Christ has given them And they should have a goal of making disciples and teaching other people what it is that they've learned themselves. Do you all agree with that? There's nothing more rewarding than giving back. If something has blessed you, I mean, naturally you should want to take what has blessed you and bless someone else with that, right? And so we have to find a way. For every person, it won't be small groups. Every person, it won't be the dream team. Every person, it won't be outreach. But I know everyone has a job. Or at least should have a job. And so they can see their workplace as an opportunity to evangelize. And not with having a big Bible on your desk and quoting scriptures. I'm talking about by the excellence by which you do your work and the level of morality that you live with. How many know that will inspire people to ask questions about why you don't do what you do or don't do what you don't do? I mean, that will inspire people to come to you, and they'll ask all the questions. So every vocation, business, passion has worth to God, and it can be a ministry, and this is what I love. It can also be a part of our worship before God. I mean, every day that you go to work and you show up on time, that's worship. Every day you go to work and do your job, that's worship before God. When you're a person that's not trying to see how much you can get paid and how much you can get away with not doing, I'm talking about you do more than what's required. How many you know that's worship before God? I mean, that's worship before God when you get there early and stay late. I mean, that's worship before God when you do everything your employer has asked you to do. That's worship before God. It's worship before God when you don't talk about your employer because it's a blessing to have a job. You don't really know it until you don't have one. Trust me when I tell you that. When there's no money coming in, you realize what I had was a blessing. Oh, let me try this side of the room. Maybe you've never been there before, but I know what it's like to have everything cut off, not knowing where the next check is getting ready to come from. And I'm telling you, having a job is a blessing. Owning a business is a blessing. If you have income coming in, you ought to open up your mouth and thank God and give him glory for it right now. And when you treat it right, it's a form of worship before God. Go with me to Colossians chapter 3 verse 17. Colossians chapter 3 verse 17. Colossians chapter 3 verse 17. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Notice what it says. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, really what he's saying here, do it to the glory of God the Father. What you've got to learn over time, and it took me a long time to master this, never do what you do for people. Man, just let people benefit from your service to God so whether or not they pat you on the back and say thank you or not I mean you have a reward coming from from God in heaven and you've got to learn how to master that people are going to do something you don't like I mean you can't let that mess you up right you've got to figure out okay I, I still have to do what God instructed me to do right and I've got to do it in a way that God can be pleased with it so I've learned to love people but just do everything that I do for God. That way, if people say thank you, praise God. If they say no thank you, praise God, because you did it for the right reasons. Now, let me read this out of, because I'm getting ready to promote some things here, and you'll see where I'm going. Go to Colossians. Let's drop down to verse 22. I'm going to read this out of the Message Bible, verse 22 through 25. Now, I mean, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you should not do things the right way. What I mean by that, you know, over the years I've heard people just say things and do things that, what's the best way I can describe this to you? You know, to show up late, not do your work, and then say, God has my back. I mean, it's just been some weird things over the years that I've seen. Miss work for several days, and they're after me. No legitimate reason for not being there, and they're after me. Now, how many know as Christians we have a responsibility to do what we do right because people are watching the way we do it? Right? So, like when you sit in front of a tax preparer and they're asking you questions, tell the truth. Especially if you're going to use your giving record for returns which signals them that you go to church and you are a believer and they know all the questions to ask right so I think you all get the point watch this now Verse 22, servants, do what you're told by your earthly masters. Don't just do the minimum that will get you by. Do your best, Message Bible. No amens right there. (laughs) Don't just do the minimum. Do your best. They don't pay me enough to be working that hard around here. Watch this. They may not pay you enough, but God sure will. Oh, you missed a good pace to shout right there. And that's how you know you're doing it for the wrong reasons. See, if you're doing it to get a raise, there's some manipulation involved in there. Just do it as unto the Lord. Trust him with the results. Now, what I've learned, whether they give you a raise or not, God's still going to take care of everything you need. I'm telling you, it's coming one way or the other. And if the employer is being unjust, then he has a judge in heaven too. Let God deal with him, and you keep doing more than what's required. Watch this. Do your best. Work from the heart for your real master. For God, confident that you'll get paid in full. When you come into your inheritance, how many know God's gonna pay you in full? Even if you were underpaid, just like the children of Israel, they worked 400 years grossly underpaid. How many? When it was time to make it right, they got 400 years of back pay from the employer. Think about that. Go knock, knock on the door, and say, "Give me all your jewelry." And they take it all off and give it to them. Because God is just, even if people are not. So if you learn how to do what's right because it's right, how many of God's going to always pay you in full? All right, watch this now. Keep in mind always that the ultimate master you're serving is Christ. The sullen, this word sullen here, message Bible means bad tempered, crabby, cynical, frowning, gloomy, hostile, ill-humored. You ever worked with somebody that just got that offbeat humor? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, what kind of joke is that? Anybody, you ever worked with people like that? Just irritable. You ever worked with people that are just irritable? How are you today? Why are you asking? Anyway, it's Monday. What are you talking about? I mean, that's not a, a joy to work around people that are irritable. And believers, we shouldn't be that way. We shouldn't be touchy all the time. Hello, somebody. We should be the ones bringing life to the work environment. Come on, everybody. It's Monday. Let's get this week started off on the right foot. Not joining in with all the other drama. Lord, this is Monday, my God. Let's just get through the day and see what happens. No, man. How can you expect God to reward that? That's what this word sullen means. It also means malicious. It means stubborn. It means sulky. Now, I don't want to ask this question, but I need to. Because we all have been here, and we may have been the person ourselves. I'm sure I have been over. You ever just worked around people where, really, if you could find another way to get to your particular post, if you could catch the elevator and come down the stairs, the back way, sneak down the hallway, get into your office without getting that negative energy. Come on, somebody. from. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? What God is saying to us, don't ever let that be you. Right? Bring life to the workplace. Because people will want to know where you get that life from. Now, I'm doing a men's Bible study at the gym. Uh, really, what is it, about once every other month that is happening now? About once every other month, and it keeps growing. Started with two guys four guys and it just keeps kind of going from there and I've never told them that I'm a pastor I never told them I pastor the church I've never done any of that The only thing I do is let my light shine in that gym right And it's interesting that they notice that they don't see me flirting with girls. When they see girls doing certain things towards me, I shake all of that off, and I always talk about my wife, always talk about my kids, always talk about my family. If I'm in the locker room, they're joking about their families. I say, I don't joke like that about my wife. That's dishonorable to her, and I have a daughter at home. The Lord Lord knows I don't want some guy talking like that about her someday. And it's amazing. Just by doing stuff like that, how I many oh, people at the gym, now I'm transforming the gym into the workplace ministry or marketplace, right? And this is happening, folks. And some of them have now joined our church. I'm telling you, if we started a church in Gwinnett County, it would start with about 300 people. And I'm not exaggerating. It may start with 500 people. That's the impact because I'm always clear. I never. I don't even talk about Jesus. I just live Jesus. One lady came up and she said, Pastor, you impacted my life. You, God used you to give me the foundation. I told that train over there all about you and, and, and what you do and your pastor. I don't know if I stepped over any boundaries. This is what I said to her. I said, I'm not pastor in here. I said, I'm Joel in here. This is what she said. I said, let me explain something to you. Pastoring is what I do. Joel is who I am. And and my name is much higher than what I do. Matter of fact, I couldn't pastor if I didn't have a good name. So I told her, I'm more concerned about being a Christian in here than I am a pastor. True story. God's my witness, right? Never told anybody I pastored. never told them what I do. I just live this every single day, all right? Now, let me show you some things here. And then we're going to close. Christians, point number three, should view their work as a marketplace ministry. This is something practical. When you view your work as a marketplace ministry, this will give you access to non-Christians. How many, Do you all believe people are watching you every single day? Do you all believe that? A lot of them know who you are and will never say anything to you. And I believe they'll on purpose put you in situations to see how you'll respond. If you want to know the truth of the matter, I believe two trainers in this gym and one other guy sent this particular girl to locate me to see where I was at. If you want to know the truth. I believe that with all my heart. When I shook that off like that, they were like, what do you do? (laughs) Who are you? And I started putting two and two together, especially when I saw all them together. I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't send that bait over there. Just to see if I wasn't really, if I was really who I was acting like I was around here. How I many people on your job would do stuff like that? They'll put you in some situations just to see if you cuss. They'll cuss, right, cuss you out just to see where you, how, where you at on that. How many of y'all have responded the wrong way a few times? (laughs) Don't lie now. We're sitting, right? God, you see them. Don't lie. How many of y'all have responded? You better scoot over one. Scoot over a seat. (laughs) Something might come down. Right? All right? So it gives us access to non-Christians. Watch this now. It also provides a way to fund ministry growth. The more successful you are, the more successful the church will be. Churches have had this paradigm wrong. What they're saying to people is help me, help me, help me. If you want to be a good church and a viable church today, help the people. And the more you help the people, the more the people will be able to help you. Number three, meets the needs of the less fortunate. When you see your workplace, marketplace as a ministry. Now what you accumulate, how I mean, you, know, you can now be a blessing to those that are less fortunate than you. My family, we're getting ready to downsize, and I love something my wife said. I was like, well, man, what are we going to do with all this furniture? Because what we downsize to, we won't be. She said, let's just give it to somebody. She said, when we move, we take what we can and then call people and let them come over and get what they want. I just wanted to kiss her on her forehead. But but how many know that's really the way this should be? I know most of y'all will be thinking, well, we can get, we can get 500 for that piece right there. We can get... But how many you know the seed is going to be far greater than what you ever sell it for? Okay, so it's going to give us access. Let me give you a definition of marketplace ministry. Marketplace ministry, by definition, is this. A service to others... Okay, should be up on the screen. By a Christian... Not a ministry if you're not Christian in the marketplace that contributes to the Great Commission. Okay? So service to others by a Christian in the marketplace that contributes to the Great Commission. You use it to minister and witness to people. Number four, you can't turn the temple into the marketplace. So if you're a first-time visitor here, bear with me for a moment. Can't turn the temple into the marketplace. Where is the marketplace? The marketplace is out there. So how many of you can't do marketplace business in the temple? Go with me to Matthew chapter 21. I'll explain what I mean. I'm going to read out of the Message Bible again. Message Bible just makes it so so plain. Matthew 21, 11 through 14. Then I'll share some things here with you. The parade crowded answer. Now, if you understand the backdrop here in context, this is Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And the first thing he believes he needs to do is go clean out the temple. Isn't that interesting? Soon as he enters, first thing he's got to do is go clean out the temple. Because this is what people will do to the temple if there are no standards in that temple. Uh, this is the prophet Jesus, the one from Nazareth in Galilee. Jesus went straight to the temple and threw threw out everyone who had set up shop. What did he do? He didn't counsel them, did he? What did he do? What did he do? What did he do? He bounced them out, didn't he? Right? Because I want you to understand, this is not something you can play with when people do what I'm getting ready to describe to you, okay? He goes in. Everyone had set up shop, buying and selling. See, passing out business cards, using positions for personal gain. He kicked over the tables of the loan sharks. How many know they're in church too? And the stalls of the dove merchants. And he quoted this text. My house was designated a house of prayer. But you have made it a hangout for thieves. Now there was room for the blind and the crippled to get in. Then came Jesus and he healed them. So he reiterated what the purpose of the temple was. For prayer, healing, and ministering to people. Not doing business. Okay, so let me talk about briefly what it does not look like at Linked Up Church. How many of y'all believe there's a right and a wrong way to do everything? So let me tell you what we do not condone here. If you have a business, you should not use church time to pass out business cards. If you serve in a department or a department head or you're over a group of people, you should not use email addresses that you have obtained from the church, hello somebody, to invite people over for a business presentation. That is using your position for personal gain. People do that. I want to be made aware of it because so that's not what we're getting ready to allow people to do. All right? Be no different than if I set my wife up to set up some kind of jewelry business, put her up here, told you all, "How I many know now I'm using my position for personal gain?" We can't do that, folks. Let me tell you something about auditors. When auditors come in here, they don't look at the church. They come right after the pastor, don't they? First person they want to deal with is the pastor. And they want to know what kind of anewerman of benefits is he getting. And they go through everything connected with me. Every year they get blown away. This is the year, this is our first full-blown audit, which they're wrapping up as we speak this year. And they were blown away. This is what they were saying. You mean he doesn't have a clothing allowance you mean he doesn't have a car allowance? No, the church owns, a, uh, not owns, but has a vehicle. I've never driven the vehicle. It's not the purpose of it. It's for me to, to floss. The, ch- the purpose of it is to take care of guests when they come in. Now, it brings me, travels me one day a week on Sundays. Everything else I drive myself. They're blown away. You mean he doesn't have a, a, a parsonage that the church provides for him? Am I right or wrong? No, he has none of that. He gets a salary just like everybody else and has to manage his salary salary on a budget just like everybody else in the building. Okay? So I can say these things publicly and with strength because we're going to go through the audit with the, con- with the uh, congregation. So if I'm living that way, I mean, I'm not getting ready to let other people come in here and pimp our people. Yeah. not going to allow that. And people will get in departments and try to become department heads because they see the hundreds of people that can help build their business. And that's not what we're doing here. So if you ever see that, I want to be made aware. So much so that the level of integrity we're trying to operate, I don't claim to be perfect. What I strive for is to be right. And that doesn't mean I hit that all the time. how I many you know that's the goal every time. So much so, I told this person, our business manager, when the auditors, this is what I said. I said, if you ever see me misuse those innocent people's money, if you ever see me do anything wrong by the resources that God gives this ministry, this is what I told him. He's sitting right there. If I'm exaggerating any level of lying, may the anointing lift off of me right now, and I put that on my wife and kids as well. That's how serious I am. I told him, you call Apostle Price, and you report me and you report me to every auditing agency you can find, do not let me ever do anything that will hurt these people and the innocent resources that they give in here. And and he's sitting right there. And I told him, you don't have to ask my permission to do that. If you see me doing something wrong, call Apostle Price and and get me checked quickly. So if I hold myself accountable, You better believe I'm holding you accountable. Sitting right there, I've not had a raise. I make the same money i made since 2012. This year I received a cost of living raise in the form of a bonus, right, which means my salary did not increase. I received it as a bonus. After taxes, it was no more than the Christmas bonus we gave our full-time employees. Listen to me, folks. I don't do this for that reason. Which means when I was pastoring Faith Christian Center, that's the same income I make today. Okay? So, I need you all to understand. I say these things so you all can help understand because people think I will stop them from doing something, but I'm getting all the benefit. That's not the way this is. Okay? So, that's not the way we do things. How do we do things? I am proud to tell you that Linked Up Church now has its first official business directory. Come on, you all can do better than that. Come on. We have our first official business directory. Now, in the spirit of everything that you've heard today, if we're truly a community, then how many of you know we're supposed to support each other? And almost everything that you need is right here in this directory. I'm talking about if you need tax services, it's in here. Come on, somebody. Man, and I want every business in here to blow up. You need legal service? It's in here. Come on, somebody. You, you need a real estate agent? It's in here. You need accounting? You need bookkeeping? You need tax preparation? It's in here. Anything that you need, folks, business services, auto sales. If you're in the particular market for this brand, you shouldn't buy your car from anybody else but the individual that's in this book right here. And I'm talking about even if that means driving all the way across town. Now, how many of y'all know they should do their work right? And sometimes you need to look at two to three different situations to see which one works best for you, right? Because being saved, as we would have read in Colossians chapter three, how many of y'all know that doesn't excuse shoddy work? We still have to do our work with what? Excellence. But it's all in here, folks. Business services. My God. Barber shops. You all can see I keep my stuff tight. You have never seen me come in here and my stuff wasn't tight. You see it? That's tight. I mean, it it is. Yes, there there goes my baby right there. She knows. Keep it tight. Catering services, counseling services. Construction, contractors, man, vision, financial services, hair salons, health, fitness, nutrition, insurance companies, jewelry sales, landscapers, lawn care, legal services, legal support services, photograph services, man, physical, oh, man, physicals, real estate services. I mean, it's all in here, folks. I can go on and on and on. And I'm telling you, if we're going to be very Jewish with our dollar, then we've got to learn how to support each other. And, and listen to me. When one boat rises, everybody's boat rises in the shore. Once the water comes up, how I know mean, every boat in the harbor, their boat has to come up. So what am I saying here, folks? We vetted all of these businesses, all of these businesses. These are all legit. This is not the hookup. I know everybody got somebody that can hook you up. This is not the hookup right here. These are all legit businesses of members that are within our church, serve within our church, and very viable people. So if you're a person in here right now and you're listed in this business directory and you have a business, would you just stand to your feet right now? We want to pray for your business publicly. If you're a person that you're in this uh, linked up directory, stand up. We want to pray for your business. <laughs> Praise God basketball services in here, all kind of brokers, all kind of different things. Come on, give them a big round of applause. Marketplace ministry, business people within our community. Now, let's all stretch our hands towards them right now. Father, I pray right now, That as they understand that their marketplace business is also a ministry, Father. And they use that ministry and that business to further your kingdom, Father. I pray right now that every resource that they need, financial, physical, spiritual, people, whatever it is that they need, comes into that business. Now it prospers and it excels and it becomes a leader in the marketplace. We thank you and we give you glory for this in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give God glory glory for every marketplace (laughs) ministry business within this congregation come on let's thank god for these individuals out here and so it's legit if it is in this book is everybody clear on that what did i just say if it's what all right so i'll talk more about that in a moment let's all stand to our feet and let's lift our hands to the father Stand to our feet, lift our hands to the Father. Big part of our calling here at at Linked Up Church is the marketplace. Big part of our calling. I'm dreaming, folks, of a day where every member of this church only spends its money within this church. And I'm not talking about when you come to church. I'm talking about any service that you need, you'll discipline yourself to only find it within the body of Christ and the community of believers that God has sent you to serve. And how I mean, that's a blessing when we get all of us supporting each other like that. I drive, take my son almost 40 minutes, 45 minutes just to get his hair cut uh, by a member of our church, just to keep that in the family. There are times that our schedule doesn't allow us to get down there, but they are 80 to 85% of the time it stays within the family. When it doesn't, it goes to another pastor who has a barber shop out in Gwinnett County that when we start linked up Gwinnett, he's going to be a part of our church anyway someday. Okay? Folks, I have a dream that one day we'll be a body of believers where we not only talk about supporting each other, But we support each other. I have a dream. How many know Martin Luther King was not the only one that could have a dream? And I'm believing God for a day, and you're going to see that when we transform the marketplace, we transform the community. I'm believing God for a day that wherever we plant our first church, everything around it is going to come up because we're going to buy all the businesses in that area, all the strip malls in that area. (laughs) We're going to put our people in them. How many know when the businesses come up, then the community comes up? Buy all the vacant houses in that community, fix them up, sell them to our members, and teach them how to buy homes and and not be in debt. Keep their ratios right. How many know there's a right and a wrong way to do everything? And you're going to see this, folks, everywhere we plant a church. We're going to transform that community through the marketplace and also through the real estate that's within that particular area. We're going to buy up everything in the area so the people will say when God moved into that area, the whole area came up. Hallelujah. 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 I'm praying that every business not only grows up, but it blows up financially. I'm telling you, your pastor wants you to be so blessed that you won't even know what to do with everything God sends your way. How many of y'all want to be that blessed? All right, praise God. Just never use the temple to advance your cause. Can you all commit to that? All right, we're going to do enough. See, a lot of churches say you don't pass out business cards in the church, but they don't do anything to help you. See, this is our way of doing something to help you. And this will grow. We're going to start an entrepreneurial school here real soon where we're helping people learn about business and develop more entrepreneurs, where we're teaching deployment as opposed to employment. Employment is a good starting place to make money. How many of you know at some point your money has to start making money for you? Right? So that you don't have a work mentality, but you have an investor mentality where you learn that you don't spend your earned income on depreciating assets. You only spend your earned income to make more money, and then you don't buy depreciating assets or luxury items until your money has earned enough money to buy those things. That's the cycle. We're going to teach people that. We're going to bring everything up around Linked Up Church, because once it comes up, I mean, it's going to impact everything else that we do. Did you all receive anything out of this today? Praise God. Praise God. Just very quickly, look up here at me for a moment. If you're in this building today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, man, I want to pray for you.